0: This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Kollick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense.
1: And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions, too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast.
0: So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast.
1: I think one reason why people might not want to start a self-defense program is maybe they don't know if they can keep up with it, that it might require a lot of commitment and hours and like ongoing practice. And I wonder if you have any thoughts on how much someone needs to practice, whether it's something they have to do every day, if there's like upkeep or is it something you can kind of do once and then you're upkeep? <laughs> like, is it like the, you know, in the matrix, you just like, it's in your brain and you're ready. And
0: Well, um, the, the Matrix made some points with that, actually, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, in some ways it is in your brain and you are ready and you don't necessarily need tons and tons of practice. However, I do recommend practicing. I think that when we think about this in terms of like um, training, you know, like martial arts training, which is – to do a kata, which is just the same movement over and over and over again as a way to train muscle memory in your body. But you're learning a specific pattern of something that usually is attached to some word in a foreign language, you know, and is part of your test and whatever it is that you're going for. And that can be very meditative and lovely, but that's a part of martial arts training. Whereas in self-defense, um, I think you need more than you know, an hour, <laughs> but at the same time, I think that mm, I think that you already have a lot of these movements inside of you that you've never applied to self-defense situations. So kind of like, you know, that's really what Pretty Deadly is built around that principle of taking everyday movements and reapplying them to self-defense situations. So you don't have to think about like you know, oh, how do I do this punch or this lock or get out of this choke or whatever? If you reconnect everyday terms to self-defense movements, terms that feel safe as well, you know, like putting your hair behind your ears to an elbow strike. Now you don't have to worry about remembering how to do that because you already know how to put your hair behind your ears and you probably already do it 5,000 times a day. Where I recommend people who come through pretty deadly to train um, is to keep that in mind when you're doing those movements. So every time you put your hair behind your ears, just remind yourself, oh, this is also a self-defense move. Mm-hmm. Every time you give someone a cup of coffee or put a cup of coffee down on a table, remind yourself, this is a self-defense move. Mm-hmm it's a it's this way you don't feel like you have to set aside time every day because it's incorporated throughout your day and it's reminding you and both emotionally and psychologically as well as your body that you have it it's there and you're already really really good at it mm-hmm. there was a a woman who came through the program recently um and she's someone who had attended a workshop like three years ago or something. And she said, you know, she had a great time at the workshop and she had been wanting to take the full course um, ever since, but travel and work and whatever had gotten in the way. And finally she had time to do that. So she here she was back and she took this workshop that I don't give anymore. So this specific, only just because it was like complicated and long and whatever, and not complicated, but Running the workshops was complicated. The workshop itself was not complicated. But this workshop featured a couple of really specific things that, again, they just aren't part of the regular program, and I don't give this workshop anymore. So uh, one night during class, we're talking about, I, I can't remember, we're talking about different scenarios. And she said, you know, this thing just happened to me by the way, I've been wanting to talk about it. And we always want to give space in our classes for this because we want people to feel safe and to talk about things that can also help you look at it. You know, like what, what you know, how can I adjust my movement now? You know, what can I go through now that will also help me process the trauma, if there is any, and prepare me if something similar happens again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she said, so I was coming home from work in the really early hours of the morning. And I saw this guy on the street and I kind of knew he was following me. Um, but I didn't give it much thought because it was, and I think by early hours of the morning, she meant like 5am or 6am. So almost daylight. It was a little earlier in the year. And, um, so if he, I knew he was following me, but I didn't. It didn't seem like a threat, or I didn't feel threatened, and I didn't think much of it. But all of a sudden, when I got to my door, he was right behind me, and he tried to push his way in after me. And I turned around really fast and slammed the door on his arm. And I said, "Wow, that's that sounds pretty scary." You know, you did a fantastic job defending yourself. And she said, "Yeah, I feel good about that." And she said, "What I am? My question is, how come I'm not traumatized?" Mm. Because that whole incident like hasn't bothered me and I kind of can't get over that. Like That's what I'm thinking about. Why am I not bothered? And I said, because you trained for this.
1: Hmm.
0: Because the scenario you just described is the exact scenario we used to go through in that one workshop you took three years ago. And She didn't remember that at all. Hmm. But that was like sort of the the, we worked on three very specific exercises and that was the first one in that particular workshop structure. And so do you need to train or practice or how do you, how do you maintain your training? Um, in some ways you don't need to because you're going to remember everything. Will you remember the right thing at the right time? Yes, but it may not be a self-defense move. It might be something else that helps you.
1: You know, we've done... What now? I don't know, 20 some episodes. And it just occurred to me that, like, some of the, like, a big part of the training is just preparing for the fact that this stuff is going to happen to you, you know? And it's so funny that, like, I just went through this event this week and I'm like, how could this happen? You know, and we've talked about this stuff, you know, and we talked about like preparing for it. But in some ways, like, you know, maybe because I haven't actually done this physical act of like preparing for it that I am not ready, you know,
0: and I'm still surprised, you know, when I face this stuff. Well, I, yes. I mean, I, I don't like to look at it in terms of preparation simply because I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I mean, an infinite number of things can happen. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it more as kind of an acceptance. Mm-hmm. When we start pretty deadly classes, one of the things I like to remind people in the beginning is that, you know, self-defense is not fighting back. It's not the time to exercise your feminism and your feminist rage. I am not dismissing feminism because I am a very proud and vocal feminist, but that is not the time to represent for feminism, That is the time for you to get your body safe so you can work towards smashing the patriarchy in much more effective ways because smashing that one guy is not going to fix it. So, and he may not get smashed. You might get smashed instead. And that's what we don't want to have happen. So what I like to think of instead is just sort of accepting, accepting the fact that things happen in life. Women experience a lot of things in common, sexual harassment, street harassment, those penetrating (laughs) stairs, made me think of like the Stairmaster at the gym, my Corona kilos, not those stairs, those other penetrating stairs. And of course, rape and date rape and domestic violence and a lot of things Um. Are kind of universal to women, and so we can train those things because they're so universal, but i don't like to think of it as preparing because then you walk out in in the world going like, "Okay, you know i'm ready, almost like you're you know always on edge, and it's 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 less preparation as learning how to learning to accept that you know life is unpredictable, but you've got tools. And options and you know how to use them. And because you have tools and options, it means you can trust yourself to get yourself through a situation as best as you know how so that you can continue living your life so that you don't hold back and say, you know, I'm never going to ride a train again because, you know, I'm afraid somebody's going to kiss me, you know, or worse. Mm-hmm. You know, or I'm never going to go to a nightclub again because I'm afraid somebody's going to put a drug in my drink. You know, and those are very real things that happen. I'm never going to travel solo again because I'm afraid something horrible is going to happen to me. I don't like the idea of 50% of the population of this earth living a constrained life. Because they're worried about what the other 50% is going to do to us. It's hard not to,
1: you know? It's it's absolutely hard
0: not to. I worry too. But on the other hand, I wanted, I want to be able to walk down that street, go to that nightclub, travel to whatever place and know that perhaps somebody is going there, is going to want to hurt me or want to do whatever it is they want to do. I don't want that to happen but I do know that I can trust myself to do the best I can to get myself out of that situation. I might fail. All of us might fail. I don't know. But I want to I take the risk of living my life.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting because after that happened on the train, I called my mom and I was like, this is why I'm like, I'm going to get a car. I'm going to move to the suburbs. Like I'm sick of this, you know, this is the second attack on a train. And, but I laughed immediately because I'm like, but I'm not going to do that. You know, it's just, I'm, for me, it's still worth the risk because I've lived in cities now for almost 20 years and, you know, two attacks isn't great, but it's also like, how many times have I um, been on a train, you know? How many times was I on a train drunk? How many times was I on a train, you know, in the middle of the night with no one? You know what I mean? Like, it could have been worse. It could have been more times. You know, it's not like it was a pleasant experience. But I also, um, I agree with you that it's like, I still am going to live my life the way that I want because I don't want to have to feel like I can't or that I don't have options.
0: Right, right. I I urge people who are listening, and and you as well, to try not to get comparative, you know, like it could have been worse. How many times have I been on the train And this? It's not a bad average. Um, (laughs) It's it's, not. These are pragmatic ways to look at things, absolutely. But at the same time, I think they also can, on the one hand, make us a bit cavalier, and on the other hand, make us a bit complacent to the ills of the world. It's not so bad. At least you weren't raped because that's where that line of thinking goes. And I really urge people not to set foot on that path, but set foot on the path of, I know I can trust myself. I won't be intimidated into living a smaller life I won't be frightened into not following my dreams. I won't be scared into not contributing what I have as a human being to the rest of the world. Because I have a right to those things. People don't have a right to stop me. But they might try. So I want to know how to get through them.
1: Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.